0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. It's such an honor to present this next award. And here are the nominees. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And I can't deny the fact
1: that you like me...
0: I'm the king of the world. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. I am Katie Rich. I'm here today with our interview. I got the chance to talk to Tiana Taylor, who is the star of the drama 1001, and um, It won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance earlier this year. It's now open in theaters uh, courtesy of Focus Features. It arrived at Sundance with a distributor already in place which is kind of a a sign of faith in a movie at that festival where you kind of never know what you're going to get. And that's a really strong sign of faith in a first-time director in A.V. Rockwell who um, made her first film, Lena Waithe, as a producer on it. And Tiana Taylor as the star is another kind of revelation. She's been famous since she was 15. She was signed to a recording label by Pharrell. She was on uh, MTV's my super sweet 16. Um, she's been a choreographer, a singer. She's been an actor in projects like Medea's Big Happy Family. Uh, she was in Coming to America last year. Um, but as she told me, and as I think anyone who's seen the film can prove, that 1001 is really a revelation for her. It gave her this chance to show this incredible range and have this kind of fiery personality, which has been part of her celebrity, but reveals so many layers behind this character she's playing, Inez, who we meet when she's coming out of Rikers, and she reunites with her six-year-old son and then kind of kidnaps him out of the foster system. Uh, And that's a morally complicated decision But it leads to them forging this really deep bond. And the film follows them over the course of decades. It also tracks New York City's evolution under Bloomberg and Giuliani and how Harlem gentrified and made it even more difficult for people like Inez to have a life that was worth living there. Um, It's a surprising movie. It's really affecting. And again, her performance is such an anchor in it. Um, And she told me about how it had already opened all these doors for her in her career just by premiering at Sundance even before it opened in theaters. It's really exciting see what she might be able to do next and talk to her at this kind of moment of being on the brink of all these new things. Uh, So let's hear that conversation with Tiana Taylor. You've been in The Public Eye for a long time. You've done a lot of press. Is doing press for 1001 really different from what you've done before?
1: Yes, it's absolutely different. I think this was my first time doing press for a movie that I've been number one on a call sheet on, so... It's definitely a lot more work. Um, (laughs) Yes, it's a a lot of work. But also, um, just for what what type of movie it is, it's a really heavy Mm -hmm. movie. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a a lot of the conversations are really, really heavy and, and really deep. So it's definitely like a lot of work times 10
0: Yeah. I mean, you've, you know, not shied away from work in your whole career, but when you sign on to a movie like this, you're number one on the call sheet, and it's such a small movie. Like, you kind of know from the beginning that the work is the point, right? That you're going to be pushing that boulder up the hill. Yes, yes, yes. So why was it worth the work?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, it was worth the work when I first read for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't even have the whole script yet. It was literally just, like, a few scenes, like, the audition scenes. And then um, the synopsis and, like, a little tiny, like, Few liners about who Inez was, and you know, I was like, "Oh, I want to be a part of it. like this is the moment that I've been waiting for. This is the role that I've been waiting for." Because you know, I've done a lot of different movies, but it's always been like a funny movie or a dancing movie. Like nothing yeah. that really showcased me or gave me a fair chance to show the world what I could do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was just like it was, it was a feeling, and I just knew that it was mine before I knew it was mine. You know what I'm saying? Like I manifested it and I worked really, really hard for it. I got on multiple phone calls and did a lot of work to get prepared for
0: for Inez. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you started working when you were 15, you know, you were singing, you were dancing. Was acting always one of those goals for you or did it take a while for you to kind of realize that acting was something you wanted to do?
1: Acting was always a goal for me because I was always such a character, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, and I have a big personality, and it's like unless you know me, you wouldn't really understand like my sense of humor, you know? Like, I'm literally a character. I was probably like six or seven, or maybe eight, maybe eight, watching Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've just, I just always loved movies, you know? Like, so it's just like when I became a singer, I was kind of like already into everything. Like, I've always been a type of kid, just got my hand in everything, but I think that um, how busy it is to, like, record an album and do press for an album, like, at that time, back then, it was really hard to try and juggle a whole bunch of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so being signed to a label, they have one goal and one goal only, you know, and is to get this music out. So everything else was kind of, like, pushed to the back burner, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's always been a, a dream of mine, but it was, it was never really pushed to the forefront.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've, you know, kind of had some thoughts about the music industry in the past and maybe you're putting music to the side a little bit or is, is this kind of more of a new phase that you're moving into? You know, yeah, it's just
1: like if things are not necessarily like working out in a timely fashion or in a certain manner that I would like it to, to turn out, it's kind of like, you know, like I'm at an age and a place in my life where I could literally do whatever I put my mind to, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. unapologetically. You know, so if that's like occupying my mind, doing other things that I've always loved to do and just bringing those other things more to the forefront and maybe, you know, dialing back from this for a little while. You know, it's just me like sticking my hands in everything. and everything. I think that we all kind of go through that stage. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you don't want to try something new. Yeah. You know, yeah. like one day you might want to do this. Next day you might want to do that. And, you know, it's just taking a stab at it. And I always I always joke about this but I'm like, I look at myself like a Glade plug-in. You know, <laughs> I was like, we we'll and be plugged. To make the bathroom smell good when you can make the whole house smell good, you know? (laughs) I can only be plugged into one wall down in the corner in the bathroom. I can be plugged in the kitchen, the bedroom, the family room, the great room. Like, (laughs) I can even be plugged into the AC filter, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, So that's how I am. I'm just constantly plugging myself up. It's, 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 It's so many different sockets throughout the house that you can plug into, you know? So for me, that's just the space that I'm in right now, and I'm literally doing everything that I love. And I think timing is also everything as well, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get to the point in your career where you've done so many things, you've got partnerships and, you you, you know, kind of opportunities in all these different directions and a movie like a thousand and one is a challenge. Like you were saying and a challenge you wanted to do, but it's hard. Like it's, it's low budget and there's so many, you know, movie roles that are glamorous and different, but this one, you know, of all the things you could spend your time on, on your, you know, capital as a star, like why go so small? Is it just the role of Inez that made you say, whatever it takes, I'll do it. Um, for me, I don't look at anything as being too
1: small. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that this, whatever small role to other people is, is a really big eye opener for the world who hasn't been able to see what I can do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, um, if it's considered small, it's like I take every small victory. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I feel like this role has already changed my life and it hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's opened up a lot of a lot more doors for me. And I got a lot of no's in my life. And this one small yes got me a lot of big yeses on the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of big yeses instantly with just a trailer. You know what I'm saying? So I never look at anything as being too small. I look at everything as a blessing and an opportunity that I'm I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. ¶¶
0: So when you take on this role, you know, your work with Avi Rockwell, like she's making her feature debut, you're really trusting each other. Like you have to build such relationship to give a performance like this. And, you know, you've been on film sets before, but I'm imagining that relationship with her is really different. I'm, like, how did you build that trust together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, it makes it even dope because, you know. She is a black female director. I'm a black leading lady. So, you know, I thought it was dope because it was like real woman empowerment and Mm -hmm. like a real sisterhood. And to be able to, like you said, trust one another and also just uplift one another and knowing that, okay, cool. Like at this point, you the quarterback and I'm the wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? And you got to trust me enough to be able to throw that ball and know and trust that I'm going to take it to the touchdown. You know what I'm saying? I think that that is our dynamic and why it came out so beautiful because I knew I had a job to do I knew that I couldn't drop the ball you know what I'm saying and I knew that she had to throw a really good throw you know she got to be a really good captain a really, a really good quarterback to make sure the whole team is on point you know yeah. so I feel like she had a really big job to do and I had a really big job to do and I'm super appreciative for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you, did you have conversations with her ahead of scenes? Like, I'm thinking of when you see Inez walking down the street in the beginning of the movie and she's kind of strutting through the neighborhood. And the way it's filmed makes her look like this hero, like, you know, this conquering yeah. hero returned to town, even though it's not really what it is, but it's kind of more in her head. So do you know what the camera's doing and how it's showing it to be able to kind of lean into that? Do you Did you guys have that conversation just about what the, the cinematography Absolutely. is like? Absolutely. I mean, like?
1: we, always, we always tap in. I think that's the beauty of it. Like, I'm a music video director, so... You know, even though I haven't all the way stepped into television and film yet, I still understand what it is to be both in front of the lens and behind the lens. You know what I'm saying? So I think for her, it was also like a settling, you know, comfort in knowing like, I see what you see, boo. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You ain't got nothing to worry about because like I'm super tapped in and, you know, I know what a certain shot should look like. I know exactly what to do, exactly how to catch it. So I think it was like the perfect balance for... um you know, the both of us and her knowing that I understand not only from Inez's point of view, but from her point of view. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of maybe not a lot of actresses actually do this, but you, you talk about characters and you talk about women, especially being unlikable. You know, female characters, they have to be likable. And in that beginning in the movie, Inez is hard. And you get why the people in her life are saying, don't call me anymore. How much was that in your mind? How much did you try to put out of your mind in you know, capturing who she is in that beginning of the movie? I think
1: that Inez has always, you know, been a, sh- a strong person. You know, I can definitely see that she would probably get in her way a lot of the times. But I think that that's just a part of growing pains. You know, we mm-hmm. also now understanding that she's fresh out of jail and only 22 years old. You know, what I'm saying? that's extremely young. So to also just see her grow from 22 to 34, you know, Inez has come a long way. So I don't think Inez did anything out of the ordinary that any of us haven't done. You know what I'm saying? Getting mm-hmm. in our own way, taking everything personal. I think that it was it was just tapping in and and I, we would create these categories where it's like okay cool when do we tap into our inner child when do we tap into this when do we tap into that you know so mm-hmm. me and AV had like a little bit of a system going on like okay cool I feel like in this scene like if we do inner child let's mark everything that's inner child in red oh wow okay let's mark vulnerable Inez in green let's you know angry Inez hothead Inez so we marked everything and it was almost like a Like a rainbow script, you know what I'm saying? we were able to really see, okay, cool, like this is all highlighted in green because this is when she gets whatever uh, category the green was, you know what I'm saying? So it was really easy to kind of tap into that because if you read it that way and you see that color, then you kind of already know. So by the time it's time to film, you're like, okay, cool. Today we in the red.
0: Yeah. Well, and, it, and sometimes one scene has all of those things. That's what makes her so interesting. Is she kind of says something hot headed? Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, "Go, Rainbow Inez. <laughs> Rainbow Inez is a school of emotions."
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: So yeah, yeah. I mean, the you say the inner child thing. I was thinking about in that early scene in the hospital where she says to Terry, "Like, well, get your own fucking toys." Yeah, and get like, your that's, own. Yeah, yeah, that's what a kid yeah. would say, right? Yeah. And then she kind of immediately is like, "Okay, no, that's not the way to do it." And like, I have kids, but I feel like I do the same thing where sometimes like your kid's self comes out talking to your kids.
1: Yeah, your little feelings is hurt, and It's just yeah. like, well, damn. Because for her, she's like, I went out the way. Because at the same time, you know, she she is doing for this kid, you know, things that weren't done for her. So not yeah. only is she still got that inner child, but, like, she's still hurt. Because it's like, well, damn, I went out my way to make sure I got you. I thought this was the right thing to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And apparently to you, you're not impressed. So forget you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, just kind of catching herself.
0: Yeah. I mean, those scenes with the, you know, the youngest Terrier, like his face is just so like open and heartbreaking. And, you know, you have kids of your own, but working with kids must be really different. Like what's what's that relationship building like for you and that actor particularly? Um, I think because
1: I'm a mom, like working with kids is super easy for me because I'm already super nurturing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just always in mommy mode. You know what I'm saying? So working with little Aaron was really amazing because like he fell into me. And I fell into him, you know, like we were literally like our bond off jump. It was just there, you know what I'm saying? And then Junie was on set a few at a time. So it was also like another comfort zone in between takes to be able to, you know, play with her. And, you know what I'm saying? I think the great thing about kids is they're so pure. They don't know like, well, why are you handling me this way? You ain't my mommy. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like it's just kids, they respect their elders, you know what I'm saying? And I think that they respect comfort and 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 nourishment, you know what I'm saying? like they mm-hmm. they respect that. So as long as, you cuddly, you know what I'm saying? And, and you have like a certain presence or energy. I feel like kids kind of just fall right into you.
0: Yeah. I mean, and when the movie too, we know they're in that phone booth and she, you know she's saying to him, like, it's you and me. Like, we have each other. Like, kids fall into that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, they'll trust you if you look at them like that. Exactly. And what's crazy is
1: people don't realize that kids need just as much as reassurance as you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If not more. You know, they just want to know, like, okay, yeah, this is what's happening. This is what's, this is what's going down. Because, you know, kids will definitely test you. Yeah. You know, they feel like you're <laughs> testing us,
0: too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely saw from, like, my most frustrated parenting moments and just, you know, yeah. sometimes you want to yell back and you have to calm yourself down. Right, right. I mean, you're saying you're nurturing in all aspects of your life. I was going to ask about, like, how being a mother yourself affected you going into this. It sounds like it affects everything that you're doing at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I, I don't think I would have ever been able to give Ones what I gave Ones if it wasn't for, you know, me being a mom. Because if you think about it, I had to I had three different sons, three different ages in a short period of time. So it's not like we filmed for eighteen years and they really seen me going through the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Like one day or a few, the first few days would be little Terry, and then the next. Three days will be, you know, uh, 14-year-old Terry. And then the next five days will be 17-year-old Terry. So you're dealing with these different personalities, but they're all your kid. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, being a mom has made it easy for me to kind of, like, handle them and not have to practice that, you know? like Being a mom is a skill, you know what I'm saying? So to be able to kind of just tap in, it just really actually made it easier to flow and, like, to just be natural with it because I didn't have to change who I was. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if anything, I had to more so emotionally and mentally tap into Inez. Like the mother part was easy. But also the emotional mental was easy too because I was dealing with a lot. I was six months postpartum um, with my youngest daughter. So I had my youngest daughter with while I was raising a six year old, you know? And um
0: And in the pandemic, right?
1: Wasn't, wasn't yeah, yeah. pandemic <laughs> was happening and I was also dealing with just like a lot of loss. You know, a lot of loss of loved ones. So I was going to funerals during my lunch breaks. And, like, you know, it was a lot. But I think the therapy of it all was being able to let it all out through Inez. Yeah. To just every single cry, every single frustration, just to mourn and just grieve through Inez. You know what I'm saying? And really have that outlet to let it all out. Because once I got back home, you flip the switch and I'm Supermom. Yeah. That's it. You don't get to cry. You don't. Yeah get to be frustrated. You don't get to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's when you really see your strength and when you really have to mask a lot of the things that you're going through because you have babies to raise.
0: Yeah. Had you felt like you could let part of yourself out in your previous performances like that? They're not as dramatic, but did you feel yourself? So this this is the first time that's happened, really.
1: This This was the first time. It's been certain moments where, like, even in certain movies where it would be, like, a little bit of a serious part. But because it wasn't a super serious moment, they would never use me really breaking down. So it yeah. was always kind of hard to stay in there because I'm like, well, I'm doing all this extra stuff and it ain't even being used, you know. So it's like to know that no matter where you turn to Inez, is just it's heavy and it's deep. And you really get to see what I could do.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, this part is opening doors for you the way that you said but. Do you feel like you've spent time before, like, showing people what you can do or saying, like, you can use this part of me? Like, has that always been part of what your career is, is saying, no, 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 I can do this, too. I can, like, like, watch what I'm capable of.
1: Absolutely. I, that's been, like, my, you know, my whole career, you know, like, just showing people, like, because I'm a hustler, you know, I'm from I'm from New York. So it's just, like, I've always been, like, but, well, yo, I do this, I do that, I come mm-hmm. on a production company, like, yo, whatever you need, I will be styling, I choreograph, like, I do everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me do this for you. Like, I've never let things fall into my lap. I've always earned stuff. But, yeah, like, with certain roles, it's like I didn't have enough under my belt for people to want to give me the more serious roles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then I was just either either the hot girl or, you know, oh, my God, people love you to dance in this. Or, you know, and it's just like it's still not letting me get my rock songs. And I started to want to tend to stuff that had nothing to do with what I actually did. Like, I don't want to do anything else where I'm dancing or mm. doing something where I, you know, like I want to do something that complete opposite, like just give me the chance. And I feel like this movie was like my chance. And honestly, like I can't really be stopped at anything anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Go for whatever I want.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you talked about the, the doors have opened. Obviously there's stuff that can't be talked about, but just in general, like do you feel like you are want to pursue more different things or just bigger things? Or like, what is some of that stuff that's open for you now that you're really excited about?
1: You know what's crazy? Timing is impeccable because I remember when I was done with Inez, I didn't have anything else coming up yet. And I remember I was like, well, damn, what's my next my next thing? Because I also want to be able to, to do other things. So then um, I wound up getting called a few months down the line to do White Men Can't Jump. And then um, after that, I got the opportunity to read for, um, the book of Clarence, which is a biblical film. And I wound up doing that. And I remember just doing that and just tapping in and killing it. And it's crazy because these are all filmed at three different times and they're all coming out this year.
0: Yeah. So
1: I was like, wow, like even that timing of not only all this time, I've been trying to prove that I could do everything. Now I have a, a film like Inez, and then I, you know, have White Men Can't Jump, which is a complete different character. And then I have a whole biblical film, which is a complete different character. Now I got three movies coming out in one year that I could really show my range. Yeah. Well, I was, that was God, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like also following my heart and understanding that everything may not be for me. You know what I'm saying? So if I feel it in my gut, just kind of like following my, you know, following my my gut and following my heart. And I think that, you know, that's what made it kind of dope so I get to show my range so I'm doing that um I can't go too far into detail yeah, of but course. um i'll I'll be directing my first feature film oh, we just wow. got greenlit. yeah me and my production company auntie's production we just got greenlit to direct and produce our very first feature film so everything I've been asked everything I've been asking for everything I've been praying for um has come to the light and that's why I said earlier like you know timing is everything you know what I'm saying yeah. so maybe all those no's was was supposed to be no's when they were no's. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and cer- certain things being pushed to the the forefront or to the back burner the, everything happens for a reason i think everything that was lined up for me was already written in the palms of you know of 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 god's hands
0: i mean without saying too much about what hasn't happened yet but as a director like do you know what kind of director you want to be do you know what kind of stories you want to tell as a director like what's what are your ambitions in directing um I think
1: you can kind of see it in my in my director work like as far as the music videos. Yeah. Cuz I've always been like a narrative-based director and that's what really made me want to move into television and film because I'm like imagine having to like put together a whole movie and really into just a 3-minute video, a 3-minute song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So ec- ec- I'm
0: like, economical storytelling like music yeah, videos are you know incredible what I'm saying? I'm that. Like, Yeah. I'm like, "Well,
1: I'm ready for television and film. Like I need a full length. I need a full, you know, I need yeah. a full length. And, um, so it's like, it's always been there. Like the kind of director I want to be is I want to be like a, like a Spike Lee, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to tell different stories and, and it's just always been in me, you know what I'm saying? But most importantly, from my experience of what I've been through just as an actress or just in the business in general, is to help people get their, their dreams and visions out, create more opportunity and create safe environments. Yeah. You know, it's very rare that we're in safe environments in the midst of, of, you know, doing our art.
0: Yeah. I mean, that. I think you watch a movie like 1001 and you don't think that that performance and that, that quality of a movie can come out when people don't feel like they're safe to do their best work. You know, it, it makes such a big difference.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, that movie definitely inspired me and it's taught me so much as a director, especially with going into, like me, myself going into my very first feature film to watch... A.V. in her very first feature film. Yeah, yeah. It was inspirational. You know what I'm saying? I think everything happens for a reason. Like, it wasn't meant for me to get into television and film yet until I seen how another director working on her first feature do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the way God has my cards lined up is magical. It's like, he the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it's like everything, the timing is... It's it's the alignment that's crazy, the timing, when and how, but it's just like, I don't know how I probably would have went into my first feature film had it not been for me being able to experience AV, you know what I'm saying? Because just as a music video director, I've been able to help her in certain ways, you know what I'm saying? And she's been able to help me without even knowing that she's helping, you know? But one thing about me is I've, I've always been a student, you know what I'm saying? I've never been afraid to be a student. And I'm still a student and I'm still learning. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm always trying to collect any type of knowledge or wisdom that I can. I'm Bobby Finger.
0: And I'm Lindsay Weber.
1: Do you ever see a new face or name on your news feeds and say, who the heck is that?
0: Our podcast, Who Weekly, is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Think of us as your cheat code to People Magazine, your glossary for Hollywood, a shortcut to understanding pop culture at large.
1: For the past eight years, Who Weekly has been telling listeners everything they need to know about the celebrities they don't. The New Yorker says we spillunk deep into the demimonde with convivial delight. That's a direct quote.
0: Mostly, we're going to explain to you Irish star Barry Keoghan's sudden rise to fame and relationship with a not-so-under-the-radar pop princess named Sabrina.
1: The fake wedding Real Housewives star Cynthia Bailey had to promote a limo rental company.
0: I love that this huge year for you starts in January at Sundance. You know, that's like it kicks off an entire year and you go with this movie and have this sensation there. Did that feel auspicious to you? I mean, you knew it was a great movie. Not everyone else did. But when you have a hit like that, you're like, okay, great. The year is off on on a great track.
1: Yeah, honestly. And I had never been in Sundance before, but I always heard about it. I was always a fan. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I I never thought that I would even see the day that I would. Win Sundance. You know what I'm saying? Like, so many amazing movies come out during film festivals. Like, you never think in a million years, like, you know, sometimes you just be happy to be a part of it. You know, (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to show off what I can do. So I don't even think I went with the intentions of, like, feeling like I wanted or needed to win. Yeah. You know, the biggest win for me was that someone believed in me enough to give me the opportunity that I have today to be able to, Show myself in front of thousands of people during Sundance. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was enough. Like, from Sundance, my life had changed Mm -hmm. as an actress. You know what I'm saying? Like, the calls started coming in, the more Zoom meetings started coming in, a lot more yeses started coming in, a lot more. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just like that enough was awarding.
0: Yeah. But then, how did that win feel? Probably pretty good. I
1: mean, that win, of course, felt amazing. You know, (laughs) I I think I almost uh, crashed into a parked car and I was parked myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, When I got the call Like so Like I said All those small victories Already mean a lot So so For the The, 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 the huge ones It's like Oh wow Cause all of, All of these different things leaded, Led up to this You know
0: That does it for today's episode. We'll be back on Thursday with our regular roundtable conversation looking ahead at this year's Emmy race, which is indeed already upon us. You can find us in the meantime on Twitter and Instagram at VFAwardsInsider, and I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Our editor and producer, as always, is Brett Bukes.